Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I am Javon J. Love Adams, and with me, as always, is my partner, my brother, my co-host, the one and only Ed Easy Smith. What's good, man? Finally made it to the bye week, man. The bye week, the bye week. Finally. Week 12 is the bye week. Good Lord, Lord. That's a long stretch, bro. Good Lord. That's that's starting in the beginning of the school year, and you're looking towards the fall break, and you're mm. saying it's only August, and you start looking at the, and you're looking towards that. I grew up in California, so we didn't have no fall break. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we are a show, and we do this every week. We are a show that covers the Arizona Cardinals. We live in the Valley of the Sun. And so my, my partner, who is a former uh, professional baseball player and also a pro, former NFL player, former professional football player, played for many teams, including the Falcons, who all of a sudden are one, two in a row, but that's, anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's interesting. He went to the Super Bowl with the with the Falcons doing the Dirty Bird and all that good stuff. Um, so we are, we covered the Arizona Cardinals, and so we reflect on the, the previous week's games and then kind of look ahead to what's going on for the next week. This is different because we have a bye week that we're, that is uh, the upcoming week. So we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive. We always talk about topics that deal with the with the Cardinals, but a little bit of a deeper dive. There are, there are definitely some hot-button items when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. But So before we take a look forward, let's take a look back. The Arizona Cardinals went into the Bay Area. Yay area. I think E-40 was in attendance. Bay Area. I used to reside in the Bay. And they ended up losing that game 36-26. It was, I mean, that last touchdown. Yeah. That was a little bit, whatever, suspect. And only the people that were betting are the ones that really cared about that 10-point spread. But at one point in time, easy, the Cardinals were up 16-0. And I, I was out running around. I was getting some miles in. And I was listening to the game, and I went back. I made it home in time to, to watch the, the second half. But when I was listening, I said, they're up 16-0. How are they going to respond being up? And lo and behold, that they ended up losing the game. They were, we'll go into the defense. We'll go into uh, David Johnson and how it seems that he is – I heard one, one person say, locally say that he's being phased out yeah. uh, of the offense. Maybe if we see this happen uh, on the next game as well, maybe he's being phased out. But your, just your thoughts on looking back on that game against the, the 49ers when it was another winnable game. They played two well hard-fought games against the, the 49ers who are leading this, this division, and yet they came up short both times. Man, this is just the formula we've got right now. They jump, you know, how many games have they jumped out to a nice start? Man. You know, looks so promising going at halftime. Once again, like you said, they jump on top of them, 16 nothing, going to halftime um, ahead. And then they come out, and it's a combination of a couple different things. The offense either is sputtering or is getting figured out in the second half by the other opposing team. And... We're not making the adjustments to counteract what they're doing to us to slow us down. Right. And then our defense is just totally just giving it up in the second half every time you turn around. 
And sometimes, you know, it's circumstance too. You know, it's the offense maybe not giving them, you know, giving up too good field position and transition, uh, giving, you know, short field to the opposing team, or they're just getting worn down. This time around, you know, we talked last week about time of possession, you know, because that's always a factor when you get into the second halves of these games and maybe the defense is wearing down. In this game, our offense actually, our team, we actually out uh, time of possessing them. Is that a phrase? I guess we had, just made out time of, <laughs> we had the ball for 31 minutes and 23 seconds. San Fran had it for 28, uh, 37. So we actually even split is basically in terms of having the ball. Um, but like I said, this, this formula where we jump out to these leads and then we sputter or like I said, now it's just becoming like old habit now. We'll jump into some of the specifics. But, man, you know, every week you kind of come away thinking, Maybe we'll get this question answered right. this week. Right. We just continue to come up with more questions for this team. And you tossed out David Johnson and different things. But there's after every game, I'm like, wow, what does that mean? Or yeah. you know, how do we die? How do we decipher that? It's just we're at, at the same time. And I'll, I'll preface everything, or I'll you know, kind of cap everything I just said. This is still more promising than disappointing to me. Right. Meaning. Last year, we would have went over there and we would have got blown out 35 to, to 3 or something like that. Right. The disappointment is we're not closing the deals, winning the games. Mm-hmm. But the encouraging part is, man, we're in them. You want to see in something like this, and, and, and again, this might be one of those those episodes where, where we, all, we have the same point in which we're talking about the state of where they are right now. And this game is just, is just another example of kind of what this season has been offensively doing some really good things um, at times some good things defensively so so forgive us if we're if, if we're a little bit scattershot but it's all about where we're at this point in the season as we're going up to the bye but when you look at what uh, what Kyler Murray did again he didn't have the best passing day 24 for 33 150 yards but he had two touchdowns two passing touchdowns and he had a rushing touchdown he was able to he was able to control the game in a, in a, in a very specific way. The, the 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 49ers, we know that they are big on rushing. And they again, the Cardinals were able, in terms of their rush defense, they were able to prevent a lot of that. But what ended up happening was they made Garoppolo look like he is a Pro Bowl quarterback yeah. and that he should have 400-plus yard games and four TD games every, every week. So before we get to that defensive side of the ball, what did you see that was encouraging from the offensive side? Because I still see some of the play calling. I still think it's limited in a lot of ways, but you, Kingsbury does throw out some new wrinkles. Uh, I think you mentioned that last week. In the last couple of weeks, you've been pointing that out. But it, it seems as if we're, we're just not... I heard on locally on a local radio station this uh, today. We haven't seen that explosive game offensively yet, and so we're still waiting to see that. But what did you? What do you think? What was your impression of the offense? What have I been? I've been calling it all year horizontal offense. Yes, right? most definitely. If it, if, imagine this: if instead of the field was 100 yards and 55 wide, we could just stretched <laughs> it to a hundred wide and then right. made it 55 deep, you right. know, then we'd be a terror because <laughs> we're attacking them sidelines like you can't imagine. And yeah. I'll, be, I'll give you proof of it. Like you said, uh, Kyler throws the ball. He's been very efficient. Uh, the good part of Kyler, he's still maintaining his poise out there, even with the rush like San Francisco coming at him. Right. You see, still haven't seen that. D 
deer-in-the-headlights rookie look from him. Every time he's out there, he's running, he's throwing the ball, he's keeping his head up while he's scrambling, you know, doing a lot of great things, keeping protecting the ball as well. Once a game, a no-interception day. Right. But for me, you look at the number of passes. He threw the ball 33 times, yes. completed 24 yes. for 150 yards. That is I wouldn't like that from I'm a Raiders fan. I wouldn't like that from my team. So that, that is yards. You have to you have to take some chances. You gotta go vertical, man. That's right. how you score. Right. And then you look down and I don't have the specifics, but I was looking at all of our wide receivers and the numbers go like this. You can go four for thirty eight yards, you know, five for twenty seven yards, whatever they are. Yeah. You've got like you know we have no 41, 37, 35. Yeah, uh, that's respectively that's Kirk Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, Farrell Cooper, yeah. Where's your 100-yard receiver or somebody getting near that? And that right. means by busting some big plays over the top or even a catch and run, but you can't re- re- you know, uh, rely on the yak all the time. You actually have to go over the top sometime to yeah. create those big plays, and we just have not been able to do that. Right. Then if you want to jump to the running game, once again, we had, let me see, a total of 16 rushes for 67 Correct. for Drake. Then... Kyler throws in another 67 on eight rushes in a TD. Now, once again, we talked about this last week. You can't have your quarterback leading your team in rushing. I know they didn't. They know they do that with Lamar Jackson. That's a whole different story. That's a totally different story. Yeah, because he's he's like playing video game. That dude is. That's like a Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, spin, spin, spin. Who's this? Run Bo Jackson on Tecmo Bowl? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just. (laughs) Just keep hitting that button. (laughs) Ain't nobody stopping him. Ain't nobody stopping him. But the, the thing with this running game, man, like I said, we, we, you go into a game, and I'm sure they have an attack plan, But and we're going to get into I know you want to ask about David Johnson because you're talking about playing the role of Invisible Man. He yeah. did that. But our running game is still not supporting the passing game, a passing game that is like so horizontal that we're not pushing up the field. And, you know, that's where my stall is with this team right now. It's, it, you got to get to a point, for me at least, you just got to make up your mind. Five to ten plays. I don't care when we do them, but at some point, we just going just everybody go deep. Yeah. We're going to try to hit somebody over the top because it seems that they're being risk averse in that. Way. Yeah, yeah. Now, now tell me because I know I cut you off, but I wanted to ask this. So with the college game, you can be able to do that horizontal game because your because you're gonna the, all athletes are not created equally on yeah. the college level. So when he was at what was it uh, te- what Oklahoma? Was it? O- uh, Oklahoma? No, he was at uh, no. I'm talking about uh, with Kingsbury. Oh yeah, Texas A&M. At, at Texas A&M or, or Texas Tech or wherever Texas, it was. Yeah, Texas Tech. Te- Texas right. Tech. So he was. You're going if you're going up against the poor sisters around the way. You're going to have that, so you should be able to take advantage yeah. of that. But you have to be able to make adjustments in a different way to stretch the field and not be so risk averse. In the NFL, the game moves so fast, and the players are so fast. The windows are so small that I mean, you if you're going to play everything in front of you, you, you I mean, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure, and that's why. It's almost like you have to open the cap every now and then just to make them respect the underneath stuff. How many times have we seen Kyler drop back? He's so predictable. He'll drop back. He'll try to hit Larry. And, I mean, the poor receivers, man, balls on him and defenders on him before you can even blink an eye because they know everything is right up in front of them. They right. either scout them or they know just by the, the, the drop backs. And so now you've got guys who are sitting on routes, um, especially in critical situations, and with no fear that anybody's going to beat him over the top. And then the other factor is we really don't have a, like what you call, I know Kirk, he's, he's probably our fastest receiver, 
But Larry's not running. Larry couldn't run by me right now at this point in time. No offense to Larry. I'm just yeah, saying right. he's put his time in. Right, he's right. a slot receiver now. Yes. And that's what he is. You know, he'll run across the middle. Yeah. do a lot of short stuff, the things that those diva wide receivers don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Larry's still he's getting his hands dirty out there. But the fear of him running by you. Yeah, yeah, we ain't yeah, no. scared about that. DBs are sitting on him. And they're like, "Oh, he got Bobby." And they're turning and running and catching up with him <laughs> because I mean, that's just right, the nature of the game. I get you. That's true. So, that's as true. far as his offense, like I said, we have to figure out a way. Or at least Kingsbury and him have to figure out a way to make him respect you deep. Or the other thing, you have to establish just a running game that's going to put fear in him, where you can then bring the play action in to help you get over the top. But right now, we've got a, no combination of any of that. R-E-S-P-E-C-T is respect is the word that you use. I don't think that Kingsbury respects David Johnson right now. Uh, he, I mean, he, he didn't, he had zero yards. I mean, he was in the play there. So with David Johnson, he did not start, didn't get a rushing attempt or a target in the passing game. He played only nine snaps. And you would think that if nothing else, they would have put that man, put him at wide receiver and let's see what he can do. But it's, it seems apparent. Why Why even start him if you weren't going to use him? Uh, because they weren't fooled when they used him a couple times as a decoy. They they faked the ball to him and gave it to uh, and gave it to to um, Drake. And they weren't fooled. The 49ers weren't fooled. They know that he's that right now he's a shell of his of his former self. Your thoughts on David Johnson? Because you can talk all the game you want, but when the lights come on, you have to do something, and those opportunities are becoming are, are becoming fewer as the season wears on to be able to 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 make a mark on this team or make an impression on his coach. I heard through the media that David and they were like through the week they were saying how great a practice David had, you know, week of practice, and he was looking good and feeling good and all that kind of stuff. We only get to hear what they want to give us. The other thing is, you get Drake in here, someone who only been in the office, offense a couple to three weeks now, whatever it's been, yeah. and you see how well he's fit, made to fit into it. And what I've been saying all along is, I never thought that David Johnson was the right fit for this particular offense. Right. If we can see it, don't you think they can see it? And they're looking at it every day, meaning every day. on film, they're watching. And here's, a, here's the thing about practice. This stays in the season. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody running nothing. I mean, there's no hitting. Right. There's, no, there's a lot of walkthrough and there's a lot of mental reps. Good point. So, regardless you of... You only have so many physical practices or help, or yeah. what padded practices that you can have during the season now because of the uh, because yeah. of the collective bargaining. And in saying that, they can talk about how good he looked in practice all week. We all know that the majority of what they're going off is what they're seeing in the games right now. Right. And if you, like I said, you, me, Sean, or Earl, we all talk about this all the time, he just don't look right. right. So if we can see it, you know they can see it. And then also, you, like I said, you bring in a shiny new toy, and, you know, it's got all the bells and the whistles and everything. And, the, yeah. man, it was it, the yo-yo. You, you know, so that thing is, ooh, and it Walk whizzes. Dog, and, boy. and you're like, ooh, this is cool. What happens? That old yo-yo that you used to have that didn't have the well, whistles and the bells and everything, what happens to that thing? The dog is playing with it over in the corner, and you could care less because you got this new one now. And then yeah. the other thing, and I'll throw this out there, we're getting to that point in the season where they're going to start looking to 2020. Right. And if David Johnson, one, isn't the running back for this team or not in the future plans, why would you want to go dig that thing up knowing that maybe we might be able to get something for it down the line, but you definitely don't want that thing getting hurt 
or bruised or anything like that because his value goes down, right? True. So as we're getting closer to the end of the season, no playoff hopes or anything like that. All you're looking for is development for the team. Yeah. And maybe he just ain't a part of that 2020 plan. So his shelf life, or he might, like I said, he might start spending more time on the shelf because, look, we just don't see it, and we don't see it in the, it's not going to be in the future. So there's all kind of elements involved there. So it's it's interesting that you point that out because some and you this is often I think thrown out as a, as just some cool little line to say but sometimes a change of scenery does people good if you were in one organization let's say you're in the corporate world and you just aren't performing well look at Drake you, yeah look at Drake yeah so yeah I think that's it may be the thing with him but you mentioned 2020 in terms of vision casting or maybe looking ahead. Will Vance Joseph will he uh, will he be um, will he be on the staff or will he be employed by the uh, by the Arizona Cardinals next year? And when I say that, you tell me where where I should where I'm wrong or where I'm right. Mm-hmm. Is that if there are certain things that you're seeing in terms of deficiencies, opportunities to improve in a team, and you have week after week to do it. I've heard the uh, there's been the, the question has been raised locally: Is it lack of talent, or is it la- inability to coach your who you have up, or is it a, a combination of both? Where does the where does the blame lie? Because this team should not this team put up enough points to win this game, and the defense let them down. They had a, they had a, they intercepted Jimmy uh, Garoppolo a couple of times. Granted, but they weren't. But still, it's it's. Instead of those big plays, it's the consistency consistency throughout the game that I think where they fall short. Your your take on that? You know there are different. Like you go to a restaurant, right? There's, right. You can you depend on how much money you got in, in your pocket, and depend on what restaurant you at. You could be a sizzler, <laughs> sizzler, right? Or right. you could be at Mastori's, or you know some you know somewhere else, uh, really swanky. Right. The, the state is different. I guess grades to the steak, right? Yes. Right now, our defense. It's not quite flank steak, but it definitely ain't filet mignon, meaning as far as our talent. Right. We're somewhere in between. We, you know, got Buda Baker out there running around like a madman. Yeah. Got Chandler Jones, who's having a great season. Where it sucks, his leadership probably is his best value because at this point, he just doesn't have that much left in the tank. His leadership don't come off that edge like it used to. Exactly. He got the good leadership, but just not that get off. Yeah. And then you think about the linebackers we've lost over the years, you know, right. uh, Peterson. Uh, you know, he's he's playing okay, but in spots, you know. So, I don't, you know, Vance Johnson, you got to give him a little more of a, 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 a leeway, I'm thinking, with, you know, what he's working with. Uh, you know, you go around other defense, other teams, and you hear, like, when you talk about their defenses, you know, you got Bosa's out there. You got Watts out there on different, you know, you can go all through these defenses. Even Seattle added, added Clowney. We don't necessarily have, like, other than Chandler Jones, and Kaysen Buda, Buka Buda, I said he's been playing his butt off. But we don't have what you call a, a dominating roster of guys that I would consider. Now, point in case, every week I'm doing my fantasy. I have three fantasy teams, right? And I'm always yeah. scoping through to find out what defense is available and matchups and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh-huh. it, like this week, you know, I'm looking uh, and I look at the list that's available, yeah. including the Cardinals. I'm like, uh, no way. I'm yeah. not even going. And because it's, 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 it's just not dynamic enough, and barring a matchup against we, you know, we Cincinnati or you know some of the other teams we beat earlier, like I said, they just don't match up well. And when you don't match up well, 
I don't expect great results. Right. But, but I will say they've been respectable. They just haven't, like, they've had, they've either done one or the other, if you've noticed. They shut down the run this week. Like you said, right. I think they held, uh, was it, 34 total rushing yards for the 49ers. Yeah. But then you give up 424 and four TDs to Jimmy. So that's this week. Two weeks from now, they might give up 250 yards on the ground and hold the quarterback to 150 or 200. We just haven't been able to do it all together. Yeah. So, you know, as far as Vance out there, I would be very shocked if anything happened to him. And I, I give him credit. They're, they're, they're hanging in there. That's all we can say. They're not getting blown out, uh, but just not a whole lot of quality on that uh, defensive side of the ball. So what are the, taking a step further to so what Vance Joseph, you – you coached again on the on the on the uh, junior college level, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you you told your players, "Look, I want you to do X Y Z on this next. When you get back in the next series, I want you to do X Y Z." Yeah, okay, coach. No, I want you to do X Y Z. Yeah, coach, I got you. They get in the game and they do A B R yeah. instead. That has to be frustrating for me. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're looking at you saying. Smith, what you tell that man to do? I told him to do X, Y, Z. Apparently not. Yeah. It's about how they not only giving the information, but how it's received yeah. and how it's put into play as well. I'd be interested to know what they're, you know, I, one of the things we haven't had a chance to really, like as far as the coaching staff, we haven't been around them to interview them and get their feel or how they operate. You can always tell. Yeah. You walk into a meeting room or you sit and talk to somebody, especially in some of these interviews, you can get a sense of what their style is, how they handle their business, right. what they demand from their players. You know, Imagine this. If we were lucky enough and we went and covered the um, New England Patriots, you imagine sitting down with Belichick and his staff and knowing Ooh. how buttoned up they were, right. attention to detail, um, you're either in it or you're not, because if you're not, you know, you can get your next last paycheck and be on the way out the door. Right. There's there's a sense you get, and thus far, like I said, I haven't seen much, you know, like I said, even with Kingsbury, I'm still waiting to see that, you know, taking command. Okay. And, and this is his, you know, putting his stamp on it. I'm still, you know, he, he he's not shaking the paper as much on the sideline in those critical situations. Right. But I'm still waiting to see that overall identity. And as far as, like I said, is the defense, defensively, man, we're just, I said, they're, just, they're doing the best they can with what they can. One of the things I know you want to touch on, though, uh, once again, we gave it up to the tight ends, man. Man, two TDs for the tight ends. That and is- this wasn't Kittle. <laughs> this was, hold on a second, Ross Dwelly. I swear, because there's, there's an R&B artist whose name is Dwelly. And so I was thinking that they, that they were talking about Dwelly on the thing on the, <laughs> on during the broadcast. And I thought, wait a minute, I know they're not talking about Dwelly. I know they're not talking about that dude. But so that goes to the, to the point. If, there's, if there is an issue that's been going on all season. This is where you, maybe this transitions to, to Kingsbury. We've touched on this a couple times so far this season. So it seems as if he, we, we see maybe some of, maybe he's not the kind of guy that's going to yell in the media, in front of the media at the end of a, in a game or, or berate his players, but the fact that he took Johnson out, the fact that he's doing some of these things, at least on the offensive side of the ball, lets you know that he's not, maybe he won't tolerate that foolishness long enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe, who knows why it would take this long to realize that this is foolishness going on, but there has to be something that's going to take place. There has to be something that's going to transpire 
in this, you know, through this bye week or by the next time they take the field where they're not going to, they'll let some wide receiver go for 300 yards. We ain't let no touch tight end get no more touchdowns or, or rack up triple-digit games, right? That has to be, right? You would think so. I mean, at this point, you almost want to be triple-teaming the tight end. <laughs> Just, you know, remember that movie was it, The Unnecessary Roughness? Yes. And remember the first play from they had on defense and somebody went in motion and the whole entire team. Right. <laughs> and they left the dude. Or the one wide receiver all by himself over there was like he was like that ah, snap the ball. I mean at this point we should have like quadruple coverage on everybody's tight end who comes in here. Yeah. And that should be like a focal point of we're not gonna let that position beat us. Right. But you know, once again, like I said, and a couple of interesting things, Cardinals they've now allowed a league high twelve touchdowns, seventy receptions, and eight hundred and forty six yards to the tight end position. Third consecutive game that a tight end has scored a touchdown as well. And like I said, I'm going I'm to say his name again just in case you didn't remember. You might not hear his name ever again. Ross Dwelly. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Dwelly, Dwelly, whatever it is. I know this check is made out to the right person. Okay, <laughs> how you say his name. But it, 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 let's take that. So when we're talking about the, the defense and how they are definitely not playing up to their potential, it, even if they were playing up to – 75% of their potential, I think, that we would have one or two additional wins. On Absolutely, the yeah. It, the, there's, there was also a stat in terms of quarterback rating that the Cardinals are are giving up, what is it, uh, I think 103, I think, or something around that in terms of quarterback rating. It, that's That means you're giving that quarterback an opportunity to really make plays, extend drives. The Cardinals are not getting off the field on defense on third downs. They're in third down conversions. I mean, their 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 inability to give play their the uh, the opposing offense off the field on third downs is is something that has to be corrected. This is something where you let me know in, in the do you, when you were playing and then also when you're doing a little bit of coaching. Do you do self scouting? I know you hear about that stuff with the Patriots how they'll self scout. Uh, the the best coaches do that. Do you do self scouting? And what are they either not self scouting or not? Maybe somebody's not raising their hand to say we suck at this, so let's address it. What what what? How does self scouting work? You know that's a great question. Um, the what, Belichick and I, always, I hate to always go back to them, but what they do, they will go and get reports or watch the film of their not their best plays, but their worst plays. So they're evaluating themselves at their worst to see what they need to improve on okay. and find the ways to improve it. Right. What happens a lot of times, and I've been in meetings, it's funny you ask that because I've been in meeting rooms before where like coaching staffs and it's done two different ways. I remember being in the rooms and all everybody wanted to do was look at the, the great play because we had a good game. So it was like, you know, hey, let's let's sit and pack ourselves, pat ourselves on the back. Oh, this was a good one, you know. Yeah. The good coaches, they will bypass that and they want to show yeah, we won by 14 or whatever it was, but look what could have cost us this game. Look at these, this group of plays, and, and, and that's in self-scouting. You go find your weakness to improve it rather than saying what you did well and, you know, that's good enough. So, right. and, and you brought up a great point as far as the defense. Um, against San Francisco, their third down efficiency was 46%. And I looked it up earlier today, the league lead, for the season, I think it's Dallas is at 52. So we basically almost gave up the the league lead percentage as far as, and think about it, we get them off the field once or twice or three more times, you stop some of those drives, right. and then, you know, at the same time, our uh, third down percentage was 30% on the day. Right. So it's a yin and a yang. We're, n- we're not converting, 
allowing them to convert, which gives them more opportunity to win, us less opportunity to win. So it's just, you know, I don't want to make it seem like we're dumping on the Cardinals. We're just... There's a, it's opportunities. Yeah. It's almost a, it's a self-scouting. Yeah. Where we're looking at where the opportunities for, for improvement are. On the offensive side of the ball, there's definitely, when you're looking at those third downs, when they get behind the chains, that is... I know this is this this is not unusual for offenses across the league. If you get behind the chains, and what that means is that you you're trying to gain at least three or four yards every play. So if you can get if you can get if you can get that average, or if not a little bit more, then you're ahead of the chains, and so you're not trying to have to you don't have to make up yardage to be able to to convert that first down to convert to get a first down. So what the Cardinals are doing there, oftentimes they're losing a yard or two on the offensive Playing side behind of the ball, the so they're behind the sticks or behind the chains, and so then. When you get to that third down, and it's not a third and manageable, meaning if it's third and five, about third and five or, or less, then you're. it's not so predictable that you have to pass the ball. So then they're, and even if they do have to pass the ball on the third and long, what they're doing is playing that horizontal yeah. game. And so that puts them at a disadvantage. Two, thing, two things to toss at you real quick. One of them is... The number of times we crossed ourselves with penalties, right? Well, did they have? There was a there was a series where there were two uh, penalties in a row on the Cardinals. I want to say it was on the offensive side of the ball, and you can't have that happen. The difference between a third and four to a third and eight or nine is unbelievable, and those right. little five yard procedure penalties and stuff like that, or holding on first down, yes. whatever those are, those will absolutely kill you. The other thing I'll bring up: isn't it amazing how we have said? And this might have, for the last couple to three weeks, we have said absolutely zero about their special teams. This is true. There's absolutely nothing special about their special teams. Special teams, they're that forgotten third of the game that can flip field position, can get you a score, can block you a punt. How many, the New England Patriots, how many times I'm going to bring them up? How many times, they've won games with block punts. You know, uh, they, they don't run a whole bunch back, but they'll get through and block one, score a touchdown, something like that. You look at somebody, we had a couple returns for touchdowns in the league this past weekend as well. Those are like game shifters, man. You just give up some points, give up a field goal, whatever it is, boom, you kick off, and you get to run one back for seven, just <laughs> like that. I mean, those are, we haven't said, I mean, I can't even tell you who's returning punts or kicks because it's so nondescript back there. It's so average and there's nothing special about our special teams that like I said and that's another area for the head coach to either grasp you know like Harbaugh in Baltimore he was my te- he was my te- uh, he was our special teams coach when I was there in Philly in 99 with Andy Reid okay. this dude was a genius and you if you all if you notice he still has his they always Baltimore always has great special teams because he that's how he made his bread Right. In the beginning, so he always wants to make sure that's special, and he takes care of that, and makes sure that doesn't go by the wayside. Belichick, same way. Belichick's a defensive wizard, but he's also a master at special teams as well. And we're going to have to someday get to a point where defense doesn't win a game, offense doesn't win a game, but special teams comes through and brings us that victory. Until we get to, to that point, we'll continue to be in this mix we are. But I just wanted to bring that up because, like I said, we talk offense, we talk defense. We really don't even touch on special teams because there's nothing really to talk about. And then, when you and again, as we get ready to wrap this up, when you're three seven and one as the Arizona Cardinals are, especially when they're at least I would say at least two games where they that have been out there that could have 
that could have gone either way. Probably three, two or three games that could have gone either way, and the and the record would be a lot better as a yeah. result of that. And even five hundred teams have a lot to improve upon. So at three seven and one, there's a lot of opportunities to grow and improve. Whether it's the whether it's the the management looking at themselves, whether it's players looking at themselves, or the coaches looking at themselves to see what they can do to better maybe reach out to those players or be a little bit more aggressive, especially maybe three or four or five plays a game where you're trying to really, on the offensive side of the ball, trying to push it. So, therefore, you're giving yourself an opportunity to maybe have those explosive plays because they don't go on. They don't have many four or five yard, four or five drive plays. They have to grind it out mm-hmm. every time on the ball. So At this point in time, man, three, seven, and one, all bets are off. You ain't got nothing to lose. I mean, right. it's not like you you know, we're not fighting for a playoff spot or anything like that. You want to see improvement. My suggestion would be is be as creative as you want to be. All this stuff you talk about, dynamic and this and that. And we saw a glimpse of it with that fake punt they ran last right. week. Right. I want to see more of that. Make it, you know, I'm not saying pretend like you're on the playground. Playing, <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking, you know, hey, let's get some flea flickers and double reverses or whatever. Some of these, you know, jet motions and let's let's. Pick it up and have some fun with it. I thought we saw a little bit of that in, uh, where was that, in New York. Hmm. There was a little bit more creativity yeah. in that, that Giants game. But So, as we head out of here, any last words before we head out of here going into this bye week? Easy. Uh, no, nah, man. Like I said, we got, we got the week off from uh, the covering the game, you know, as far as that goes. But, you know, we, you, we're on the grind, man. So, we're going to be at it like we always do. Yes, sir. And we look forward to... Chopping this up next week, getting ready. Who do they play next week? We play. Let uh, us see. It's a great thing that you mentioned. Yeah. They will play next. The Rams. Well. If I'm they not play mistaken. the Rams. Yeah. They are actually going to. They're going to play the Rams at home. It's the first home game. Okay. In a month. So yeah. yeah, we'll be we'll be you know teeing it up after the bye week. Hopefully, uh, all the the fellas get a chance to rest a little bit, relax, uh, enjoy the bye week, and they'll be back and ready to go. Uh, same for us, man. Until we got the show on Saturday, but like I said we ain't going nowhere. These Rams, at least uh, as they stand this week, they are six, six and four. Definitely, they definitely have a lot of opportunities as well. So we'll see where they're at when the Cardinals meet up with them. So on behalf of my partner Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J Love Adams. This has been Believe in the Arizona Cardinals, and as my partner likes to say, till next week, be easy out there. You okay? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.